Okay, so we're going to do a worship song for uh, the special. I need you to soften my heart, to break me apart. I need you to open my eyes, to see that you're shaping my life. what you say that you're good and your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life I need you Soften my heart to break me apart. I need you to pierce through the dark and cleanse every part of me. All I am, I Trust what you say That you're good And your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life I may be weak But your spirit's strong in me my flesh may fail, my God, you never will. I may be weak, your spirit strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. I may be weak, your spirit strong in me. My flesh may fail. My God, you never will Give me faith To trust what you say That you're good And your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life I may be weak Y'all sing this out I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me, my flesh may fail, my God you never will. I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me, my flesh may fail, but my God you never will. Dear Father. We thank you for letting us 
come gather in your house once again on this Sunday, God. I just pray that the message that is preached tonight, God, that it might touch our hearts and our lives, God. And just use us in our everyday lives, God, to be a disciple for you. Thank you for all that you do for us. Forgive us of all the many sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight to the book of Acts, chapter 11 and verse 21. All of uh, our lessons, all of our songs, all of our singing, all of uh, everything. By the way, Miss Barbara heard some great comments about the Gaither stuff y'all pulled out. That's awesome, awesome stuff. All the choir stuff, our library, everything. Everything our church does, that's our goal. That verse. That's it. We want that. We should crave that. We should desire that. What? We should desire that God's hand would be with us. We should desire to be doing what God wants us to do. I mentioned in the... uh, Class this morning, Brother Chuck's class, finishing up the Members Matter series. Uh, I'm, that some churches, y'all, they just they just meet and it's about uh, let's learn some facts. Let's just learn facts about the Bible. Nothing wrong with learning facts, but why? What do we use these facts for? What do, what do we use these facts for? That, that we learn something and that we crave God more than anything. And then guess what happens? People start getting saved. People's lives change. People want to, want to do. But, uh, let's just pick up the story now. Before this verse 21, before this verse 21, it's all about Peter going over about what happened in the previous chapter with the the house of Cornelius, and all those folks getting saved, they all went, remember, it's kind of like uh, yesterday whenever I was driving and uh, and coming back from uh, the the run in Little Rock and and my driving, I you know, I just base it on other people's driving. So if everybody else is driving crazy, I drive crazy. But I, I pulled up somewhere and Karen sucked all the air out of the car. She just went, <clears throat> no more oxygen in the car anymore. <clears throat> you know, I'm like hanging my head out the window trying to breathe. And uh, But it's all based upon <clears throat> reaction. And they were just, that's what people, when they heard that Gentiles could be saved, they went, oh, it's just, oh they were shocked. Gentiles can be saved? Well, that, and that's all verses 1 through 20. And now we've got a change in this direction here. And the hand of the Lord is with And this is the church at Antioch, okay? This is what it's all about. This is what we should crave more than anything. Every sermon I preach, our offerings, our mission money, everything we do, and we'll see that brought out, the hand of the Lord. Uh, and so in verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. I'll tell you what, and I, I love these two passages. 
back up, excuse me, go over here just a little ways to the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. <clears throat> no more popping. We got rid of that popping, praise the Lord. <laughs> what, shall I, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I love this. Go to First uh, John. First John, just keep headed to the back of the Bible. First John chapter 4 and verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. First John 4, 4. Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So I, <clears throat> everything that I want God to be with me, and if God's with me, I've got some facts I can camp on. Number one, if God's for me, who can be against me? That's a great thing to know. And a lot of us panic. A lot of us panic whenever uh, our nation is sinning and enjoying it. Our, our church members, what if somebody's life falters? What if somebody falls into sin? What if somebody has a catastrophe? What if something goes wrong but it doesn't matter? It's not going to change God's course. It's not going to change God's Word. Wrap them up in love. And people that are caught up in sin, that do, uh, that go out into the world and do things or whatever that's against God's Word, wrap them up in love and grace and forgiveness. Love, love them. Love the sinner, not the sin. Shorten that leash a little bit. <clears throat> Alright. Then, and then of course, 1 John 4, 4 which says it gives you power greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Now, back to Rome, excuse me, Acts 11. Oh, by the way, the title for the message tonight is Our Greatest Desire. Our greatest desire is verse 21. That should be our greatest desire tonight. Verse 22, <clears throat> which is what I call another great desire. Then the tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which is in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. This Another great desire is that uh, Jerusalem had heard about what was going on at uh, Antioch, and so they sent out a guy, this is really, I guess, one of the first known missionaries in the sense of the, the church sending somebody. Now there's some other, but to another place. And they baptized people and people came to get saved. This is another great desire that we should have and see uh, churches spread. So let's, let's make it, let's make it, uh, let's apply this instead of just preaching facts, apply this to promised land. It was awesome last Sunday and this Sunday to see people come down to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. To come for baptism, church membership. It's great to have Zach join our church. It was great to see Claire and what she did. It was great to see Kaysen and see what he did. And then, of course, J.C. this morning. And uh, saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's been bothering me about something. But all the time, and then the last, you know, ever what time period, we've had just tons of people joining the church, 
being baptized. So much so, we had to redo all the drain system on our old baptistry and fix it up. And we're wearing it out. And the water, we just, me and Geraldine can't keep the water in it because it's all leaking out everywhere. And uh, working on that thing, glad that we got some people that got that drain fixed and stuff like that. But that, that's, that's good. That's what it's all about, seeing lives change. Folks, I know churches that have not had a single move in over a year. And, I, and I've seen that in churches that I've pastored. Just You wonder, when is the Spirit of God going to move? And this is what we should want. We should want a church that, how can I go help? What can I do? How can I help another church? Uh, one time, uh, Karen took off with Taylor and a couple teenagers to a little church in South Louisiana. They didn't have enough workers to do Bible school. Karen got wind of it and said, well, I'll bring four of us and we will help y'all do Bible school. They didn't have enough work. It's the same thing here. We hear y'all things are happening there. Can we come help? And so the church at Jerusalem sent this. Now, that's a great desire. Let's look at his, I call it the man and his message, verse 23 and 24. Who, when he came and had seen the great, this is Barnabas, seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted or encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. This is cool. It's kind of like, you see, you, you, any time you have God's man preaching God's message, people will be saved. And it's not the man. It's God's man with God's message because it's the message that saves. It's the Word of God that saves. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God that is in the life-changing business. And so that's the formula God uses. God could have chose to put His plan on every flower petal. God could have chose to put every stone that's on this planet could have a Scripture on it. And we could just pick up the Word of God. But guess what God... The Bible says this, God chose the foolishness of preaching. To the world it seems foolish. We need to... uh, Sometimes we have to do things to break us outside of a rut, to get us outside of a box, to look at something different. Notice what happened next. Man, I need some help, verse 25. This is a great pattern for discipleship. I need some help. I need an associate pastor. Barnabas, then he said, Barnabas, now remember, if you go back to Acts chapter 9 and verse 27, we see that Barnabas and Saul had already, he was already a big fan of Saul. Everybody's scared of Saul, but Barnabas isn't. And so he was a big supporter. In verse 25, he went out and said, I'm going to go to Tarsus, that's his hometown, I'm going to get Saul. Verse 26, and when he found him... He brought them unto Antioch, and it came to pass a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Matter matter of fact, this is the very first time that the word Christian occurs in the New Testament. 
And it was a derogatory term. It's kind of like a, a derogatory term that my good missionary friends in Romania have them called, themselves called all the time. They call them, those missionary Baptist preachers, they call them a pokeweets. And all their followers, a pokeweets, it means a repenter. You believe in that you have to get to heaven and you've got to repent. They don't. They believe that you just say a few Hail Marys and, and uh, do the thing with the Orthodox uh, church believes in. And so, what can we do? What can we do to wake up and get outside the box? Well, we can definitely we need to hit our knees in prayer. That's why we have sometimes altar calls and different things like that. Barnabas definitely faced a lot of difficulty, but I tell you what, he's rejoicing. Well, the last point I want to make here, he's rejoicing because everybody's getting saved. A lot of things are happening. And uh, I want to I end with this, with this thought here. Well, what do we have happening? We have a church formed in Antioch. Who's the pastor? Barnabas. He needs some help. Who does he get? Saul. Later on, Paul. What happens? Folks getting saved right and left. Man, they're just much people added to the Lord. It says, in matter of fact, then they started, there were so many of them, then they started giving them a name. What did they call them? Christians. So they started, so the very first church was probably called a Christian church. <laughs> probably not named by them. Uh, did you know that there were some early churches called Paulicians and different things like that? And different, uh, so, uh, you know, like Pauline. You got that same name, the same derivative, same kind of thing. Uh, there was a, a prophet. In those days, there people had the gift of prophecy. And there's one that went down there. And his name was Agabus in verse 28. And he was talking about, hey, we're fixing to have some tough times here. And uh, notice it says in verse 28, he stood up signified by the Spirit. You see that? Signified by the Spirit. And then guess what happened? Verse 29. The disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and they sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So what happened? This church goes from a handful of believers to a group of saved, baptized, growing believers. What happens next? How can we reach out? If you want to be a dead church, any church, and I'm not just talking about promised land, if we want to die, let's only look how we can help ourselves. Let's try to keep everything focused inward. Let's only do for us. But if you want to be a church that's alive, we need to reach out. We need to look around us. And they looked out and they said, Hey guys, our fellow believers are hurting up there around Jerusalem. Actually, it would be down there because that was south of them. And they said, Let's send a love offering. Guess what happens? This is chapter 11. Guess what happens in chapter 13? They very first church to send out a missionary team, Saul and Barnabas. So guess what happened? I don't know how long it was, but it's kind of like what we hope and prayed would happen with Brother Joel Dillahunty in Belize. 
And when he goes down there, he starts a church, and we want men to rise up. So far, that work's still going. You know, I talked to our uh, fellow living in our house down there, uh, Troy Lewis, and he's still there. It says the church is still meeting there at Cattle Landing. And uh, actually, Forest Home, the community right just south of there, outside of there. But uh, anyway, he said they're still meeting, and uh, the... Uh, Doing good, that's what we need to pray for. The church at Antioch sent out their pastor. Barnabas, you take Saul and go. Apparently one of the men had risen up to say, we got it back home. We got it back home. That's pretty cool to see a church say, out, being outward focused. Not what they do in chapter 11, send love offerings and work teams down to the church at Jerusalem. What did they do in chapter 13? Sent out a missionary team that led to whole tons of people getting saved. I don't know what God has in store. I'm going to have uh, Brother Norman as we get ready for a hymn of invitation, a song. I don't know what God has in store for promised land. Would uh, Go back to that very first verse I popped up there. I think it was verse 21. Brother Kenneth... That's it. If promised land needs to crave anything, it's that verse right there. Make sure my I had to make sure my brain is working, my memory. Verse twenty one. What what do we want? What do we want here at Promised Land? More than anything, we want God to be with us and we want people to be saved. God to be with us and we want people to be saved. Simple prayer. God, show me what I need to do. God, show me what I need to do so that I'll be where you want me to be and people will be saved. I don't care if we have 12 or 212. Numbers don't matter in God's kingdom. It matters where your heart is. What are you going to do with your heart? Give it to Him. Give it to Him tonight.